Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome back in on a Wednesday. It's the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Thank you for making the podcast a part of your day. And I, I still, guys, cannot figure out how to get that little buzz out. And maybe it only bothers me. Uh, I had it perfectly. My computer had to update, and I didn't touch the mixer at all, and yet it's still there. I've noticed it for the last couple of days, but none of you have complained about it, so maybe I'm doing enough in post-production to like minimize that white noise that I'm hearing right now. It's bad for me, so I hope it's not bad for you. But again, thank you for making the show a part of your day. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. Uh, this is rewatch day. So I did it last week. I kind of like this. This might be how I use the Wednesday podcast moving forward is I will watch Ole Miss's next opponent's game from the previous week and talk about it on Wednesday show. And this week I rewatched Arkansas and Auburn, a game in which, and we'll get to this here in a little bit, a game in which Arkansas got, for lack of a better term, got screwed at the end, got completely screwed, uh, bad call. Bo Nix spiked the ball behind him. It was recovered by Arkansas, or would have been. The whistle blew the play dead. Auburn got to keep the ball, even though Bo Nix clearly spiked it backwards. And an Arkansas player clearly noticed it right away and went to make an immediate recovery. Didn't matter. Auburn got to keep the ball, kicked a game-winning field goal, and Arkansas fell to 1-2. and two. But, um, nevertheless, we're going to look at that game, some takeaways I have from that game. I have a handful. And talk about what this weekend means for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and the stakes of this game. And there's no such thing as a must win, but especially this year, there's no such thing as a must win. But I think this is a really important game for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. We're going to talk about all that coming up right here. But first, I want to remind you that the show is brought to you every day by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue. Like I've been telling you, the weather is going to be amazing this week. Perfect to get behind the grill. And you got to start that by going to LB's just across from Kroger there in Oxford, the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Stop by and tell Greg we at Super Talk and the Rebel Report sent you. And also get one of their daily lunch specials. They're open seven days a week, but their lunch specials are Monday through Friday. And again, tell Greg we sent you. All right, so let's look at this Auburn-Arkansas game and, and some of my takeaways from it. First, in case you missed it, Auburn won 30-28. They were able, like I said, to kick a last-second field goal after uh, what was just a botched situation by the officials. Bo Nix absolutely spiked the ball backwards, and they blew the play dead, taking the ball away from Arkansas, giving Auburn an extra shot to kick a game-winning field goal, and they did just that. Bo Nix in the game... Just 170 or 87 yards passing on 17 of 28 completions and one touchdown. Tank Bigsby was the story of the game. 146 yards on the ground on just 20 carries. That's over seven per carry. On the other side, Felipe Franks was pretty good. Uh, He was 22 of 30 for 318 and four touchdowns. Uh, Traylon Smith, good little running back, had 81 carry or 81 yards on 21 carries. Uh, That's you know, four yards per carry or so. Um, but a few things that I took away from this game in particular after the rewatch. 
Um, number one, I would say that Arkansas's defense reminds me a lot of Ole Miss's defense. Here's what I mean by that. Um, not so much the scheme, but it, there's a couple of guys on the defense that, that, that can play. Bumper pool being one of them, even though I think he's even a step slow. Um, they lack talent. And there are many times throughout that game where they're in the position to make plays and, ju- and just cannot do it. Um, they're a step slow. They're missing athletes at every level, really. It's an Arkansas defense that, um, even though I guess you know Bo Nix kind of struggled in the back end, and it's a defense that held Mississippi State really in check for four quarters in what is supposed to be a high producing offense uh, under Mike Leach, and they held them in check. I I think Arkansas has a defense that reminds me a lot of Ole Miss's. There are times where they're in the right place, and they just simply cannot make a play. There are very clearly guys on the field that are not able to match the athleticism of their opponent, even that of Auburn, who's really struggling offensively right now. Arkansas's defense is one that Ole Miss should be able to light up. They lack talent. They lack bodies. They lack depth um, at every level. I think Barry Odom's a really good coach, and they're going to have a really good scheme in prepared and be prepared for Ole Miss. I really do. That's the thing. I think Arkansas schemed well. I think they're coached well. I think they are just missing athletes. And Ole Miss offensively should be able to light them up, honestly. Um, Matt Corral is significantly better than Bo Nix. I think Ole Miss is better than Auburn on the offensive line. I mean, Bigsby's fine, but I think Ole Miss has two backs that looked to me, like they were better than Bigsby, and I think Ole Miss has a better core of receivers. Although Williams and Schwartz are good players, Ole Miss offensively should be able to produce at a really high level against that defense. I think Arkansas in this game should be overmatched against Ole Miss's talent and athleticism on offense. So that's takeaway number one. Number two, I would say it's more of an effort thing. So early in that football game, uh, Auburn got a big lead. I think it was 17-0, if I remember correctly, at one point. And those kids play hard. This is not the Chad Morris Arkansas teams at all, although the talent is pretty similar. Whatever Sam Pittman is uh, selling there in Fayetteville, his kids are buying. They play hard. And it could have very easily, it's on the road, it's in the rain, they're down 17 nothing, and yet they battled back. This is a team that will not be scared of Ole Miss in any way, shape, or form. They'll be ready to play, and man, they play hard. I mean, this is one of those games, I think, for Ole Miss, they're going to have to bring it for four quarters, even if they get a lead, because Auburn did that. Scored quickly, blocked a punt. We're really dominating the game, and Arkansas just didn't lay down. So I know that's not a tangible thing. And like I've told you before, I don't really like getting into things that I can't quantify with you know, hard numbers, but this is an Arkansas team that very clearly plays for their coach. They play hard, man. I mean, they did it against Georgia, and they were just overmatched. They did it against Mississippi State and won the football game when Mississippi State's roster is better than theirs. They have better players, but couldn't do it. They play hard for their guy. And they should have. They should be 2-1 and one right now, and they should have beaten Auburn on the Plains on Saturday night. So they were down 17 nothing. but it's going to be a game where Ole Miss has to come prepared and bring energy because Arkansas clearly is going to do just that. They Sam Pittman's selling something that they like because those dudes play hard even though they're uh, undermatched. Traylon Smith's a pretty good back. Now, I didn't expect him uh, to be 
the feature guy. And maybe he won't be moving forward, but he he's an okay little back. He's uh, he's shifty, but he's not the fastest running back you'll ever see. Um, wondering what happened to Rakeem Boyd because going into the season, uh, I thought he was going to be he was one of the the few things that Arkansas had that you thought, well, you know, they've got a pretty good running back, um, and he's going to be back and be ready on Saturday. He's their best offensive player, or would have been their best offensive player, but he is expected to play Saturday against Ole Miss. But his backup, Traylon Smith, is a pretty good little player. He's not anything close to what you've seen in the first three weeks, honestly. I mean, Florida had better backs. Kentucky had better backs. Alabama clearly had a better back. Uh, But Rakeem Boyd's a player, and he's an experienced guy. And so I have a, a... Strong feeling that Arkansas is going to want to line up and run the football, especially if he if this is true, and he is, in fact, healthy and ready to go for this Saturday. Uh, but apparently, according to Hog Sports, he is, excuse me, whole Hog Sports. Um, he is practicing, and he's ready to go. So uh, just keep that in mind. But the backup's a pretty good little back too. However. Rakeem Boyd is significantly better than him. He's shifty, he was okay, but um, if Boyd's healthy, he's going to get the majority of the carry. So didn't get to see what he would look like, or what he looked like against Auburn, because he didn't play, obviously. But that's um, some pretty significant significant news uh, coming into this game. Uh, takeaway number four from that game I have is uh, about the quarterback, Felipe Franks. And uh, we should have known going into the season... Uh, that Arkansas was going to be better at quarterback. Uh, just because he's a guy that even though he didn't, uh, never jumped off the page at you as some kind of world beater at Florida, he's an experienced college quarterback that's done it in the SEC for a long time. And he was an upgrade for what Arkansas was dealing with over the last couple of years for sure. And he's competent. I mean, he completed passes, uh, was really good against Auburn, but I think that's in part due to the scheme. Kendall Bryles is doing a really good job right now of not asking too much of Franks. They they really don't challenge him all that much. He has his limitations. He's good. He's competent. He's not a bad athlete for sure. And that's, he's you know got an okay arm. Um, he's certainly not Kyle Trask, and he's certainly not Mac Jones, but Uh, You will see worse quarterbacks down the road than Felipe Franks. And uh, the scheme is very, very good. They they keep everything pretty simple for him. They don't ask him to do a whole lot. And he's pretty good. Uh, Like I said, 320 yards against Auburn and four touchdowns. uh, Hasn't really made all that many mistakes. Uh, uh, Had a couple of bad throws against Mississippi State in particular. But he's competent. And if you're not covering in the back end or you're not getting to him, he can burn you. The thing is, I think you're going to be able to get to him if you get Arkansas into passing downs, even though Ole Miss on the defensive line is not good. Um, I think this will be, I don't think, I know this will be the worst offensive front that Ole Miss has seen so far this year. Uh, And so if they can get to Franks, it makes things a little bit more difficult. And Auburn wasn't really able to do that. That'll be a big challenge for Ole Miss in this game is getting to him because if they can, like they did, or like Mississippi State did, if they can get to him, uh, he'll make mistakes. And I think I said he had two interceptions against Mississippi State. That was actually Georgia getting the games mixed up. But Mississippi State was able to force him 
uh, into a couple situations. They got him. Uh, they sacked him a handful of times. Auburn sacked him a handful of times. That You can get to him, but if you don't, he can burn you. He's competent enough to do it. The receiver core is not great. It's probably, I don't know. I mean, we don't know about Kentucky. Definitely not the same as Alabama's, and that's not breaking news here. Not the same as Florida's either. But he can get the ball to them and do it well if you give him time. That'll be a huge key in this game for Ole Miss. He looks pretty good, and Kendall Bryles in that scheme looks good as well. Honestly, it'll uh, remind you a little bit of what Ole Miss does. A lot of moving parts, a lot of different looks. Um, And they try, I mean, it's, he and Jeff Levy are familiar with each other, and more on that a little bit later, because I think people are making more out of that storyline than it needs to be. But it'll remind you a lot of Ole Misses. I I really will. Um, They look very similar. Now, Ole Miss has a better quarterback, and Ole Miss has better athletes. But I do think that you will watch them operate their offense, and it will remind you of what Ole Miss uh, likes to do. They're very, very similar in how they attack defenses. And it's impressive, honestly. Uh, The coaching job that has been done for Arkansas is one that you could also... It's the, the same sentiment that you hear about Ole Miss. Um, in spots, they really lack personnel. Roster is worse than Ole Miss's across the board, but they're clearly very well coached, much better coached. And I think in part that has to do with the fact that um, even though Sam Pittman is completely inexperienced, you have a guy like Barry Odom who it got fired at Missouri, but he went to bowl games. And it's not like Missouri was awful underneath him. So you have an experienced head coach calling your defense and a really nice scheme uh, coming from a guy who's done it in a lot of places. So, Arkansas is years away from being truly competitive in the SEC, but you can draw comparisons between them and Ole Miss. Lacking rosters, kids play hard. Ole Miss, those kids clearly play hard for Lane Kiffin. You can say the same thing about Arkansas. It's a creative and fun scheme that, in Arkansas's case, they don't have the horses to make it as fun as what uh, Kiffin and Levy do at Ole Miss. And they're a success. I mean, so far, the people there in Fayetteville should be really happy with how their program looks right now. They should be 2-1 and one right now. And I think you'll notice that there are some real similarities with how they approach the offense and how they look although Ole Miss will be more explosive. And they, like I said, they absolutely got screwed uh, at the end of that game against Auburn. Um, if In case you didn't see it, I'll read it to you. Here's the SEC's explanation for why Auburn was able to retain the football and kick the game-winning field goal in spite of Bo Nix f- literally spiking it backwards. Here's what they said. During the third down play at the 32nd mark in the fourth quarter, the officials on the field sounded their whistles and blew the play dead as they deemed the passer illegally grounded the ball to conserve time as governed by a rule. During the subsequent replay review, there is conclusive video evidence that the pass was backwards. However, because recovery of the football was not clearly made in the immediate continuing football action, the ruling on the field was determined to stand under a rule 
both the determination of backwards pass and the immediate clear recovery are required to reverse the ruling on the field. Um, first of all, my question to that would be, what constitutes a clear recovery? Because the Arkansas player that dove on the football saw it right away. When Bo Nick spiked the ball backwards, he knew it right away and went after the football. Is it his fault that Auburn players just kind of stood around and didn't look at it? Because the whistle wasn't immediately blown, and before it was blown, the Arkansas player noticed it and dove after the football. So just because Auburn players stopped without a whistle doesn't mean that there wasn't an attempt to make a clear and immediate recovery. Things like that happen sometimes. I mean, there's even a... I don't know if you'd call it a trick play, but sometimes uh, punt returners will not call a fair catch, but their body language will suggest that they did, and they'll catch the ball and wait a second and then take off. It's not his fault that the defense assumed something. It's not the Arkansas player's fault that Auburn assumed that that play was going to get blown dead, which it ultimately did, which is a bad mistake on the officiating. But this is the SEC and officials covering their ass for blowing the game. Because... When I watch the replay, I see an Arkansas player recognize what happened and immediately attack the football. That is as immediate and clear to me as possible. He snapped, he spiked the ball backwards. That should not have been a play that was blown dead. It was in the SEC screwed over, completely screwed over Arkansas. And finally, the last, as far as like game takeaway that I have, um, going into the season, I thought that Auburn was going to be a game in which Ole Miss is a, an underdog in a game that you wouldn't really constitute even a toss-up, that a game that Ole Miss um, would be lucky to win, won't be, a, 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 won't be close in the game leading into it. I didn't think they were going to have a chance to win, honestly, going into this game. I've changed my mind about that. Auburn's a winnable football game as well. More than a winnable game, in fact. Especially if it's at home. Let's pretend Ole Miss wins this weekend. I would not be at all surprised if um, if they win. All right, those are some quick thoughts um, about Ole Miss and... Or not Ole Miss and Arkansas. About Arkansas and their loss uh, to Auburn. Uh, their defense reminds me a lot about Ole Miss's. They just really lack talent on that side of the ball. They're in position a lot of times. They're a step slow, um, have a hard time covering. Ole Miss really should have success through the air, especially, but they should have success in totality on offense against Arkansas. Uh, They play hard. They play really hard. Auburn was up early, dominating early, and they came back and should have won the game. So it's got to be a four-quarter maximum effort from the beginning for Ole Miss. Uh, Felipe Franks is competent, and if Ole Miss has a hard time covering or they can't get to him, he will burn you. Um, their backup running back is a, a good player, but now that you've got uh, Rakeem Boyd back, um, I expect Arkansas to really try to run the football, and uh, we'll see. The backup's okay, but um, getting Boyd back is a big deal. Uh, Kendall Bryles doesn't ask too much of his quarterback in the scheme, will remind you a lot of old misses with um, their different looks and uh, they'll roll him out of the pocket some and motions and things like that. Uh, Arkansas got completely screwed, and Auburn is now upgraded to a winnable game to the point where Ole Miss might even be a favorite 
at home. There's no such thing as a must-win this year. I mean, I've spent a long time talking about how this season should be viewed in a completely different vacuum. It should be considered year zero uh, for Lane Kiffin. There's no such thing right now as a must-win game for Ole Miss. Not at any point this season will they have a, quote, must-win game. Not at any point. But right now Ole Miss has a lot of momentum. A lot of it. Um, They're being covered nationally. Ole Miss and Alabama just had the highest-rated Alabama game on ESPN in almost three years. Five million people watched Ole Miss-Alabama. It was a 24-point line. College football all season so far has been way down in viewership. Way down. Ole Miss-Alabama did 5 million people. The highest-rated Alabama game on ESPN in three years. People are paying attention to Ole Miss. It's being covered nationally. It's being talked about heavily. Lane Kiffin's pushing all the right buttons with wearing the masks on the sideline of former players, DK Metcalf and both Mannings and Patrick Willis and A.J. Brown. Recruiting is starting to to really... The the momentum on the field and, and the conversation around Ole Miss is translating to recruiting. All the right buttons are being pushed right now and people are starting to pay attention. A loss to Arkansas doesn't end everything, but it kind of slows that momentum way down. And so even though this year was always going to be a tough year and a unique year, this is not a must-win game because of it, but Ole Miss, if they can find a way to win this game and be 2-2 two and two hosting an Auburn team that I think that they can and probably should beat at this point, um, it would be a big deal. They need to win this game because if they do the multi-year rebuild gets shorter and shorter. For every time they win, and there's another headline about Ole Miss's offense and records and viewership and recruiting, and every time they win a game, that speeds up the process a little bit. And this is a winnable game on the road. If they get this one, Auburn in two weeks becomes a really big deal. And they after Auburn, they've got Vanderbilt and South Carolina coming up. There's a chance right now for Ole Miss to win four consecutive games and before going to College Station, which will be tough. But if they want to continue capitalizing on all of the appeal that a Lane Kiffin offense and a Lane Kiffin coached Ole Miss team is garnering right now, you've got to go to Fayetteville and beat Arkansas. You've got to do it. And I think they can do it, but you've got to do it. Um, It's not going to end. If they lose, it's not the end of the world. It won't. It doesn't mean the trajectory of the program is any different. You can't look at one game in a year like this in that way. But winning this game will go a long way towards continuing that momentum with a winnable game with Auburn, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina coming up after that. There's also a, uh, it's a storyline kind of floating around about, especially in Arkansas land, when it comes to the familiarity of Kendall Bryles and Jeff Levy's offense. I don't know why they're only talking about this from the one side, because that's really all they're doing, Um, about how Kendall Bryles and his... His understanding of Levy's offense and their time together really gives Arkansas an advantage. 
to stop Ole Miss that the uh, the three teams that they've already played did not have. Um, number one, if that is the case, if that is true, that Arkansas now has an advantage over Ole Miss because Kendall Bryles and Jeff Levy works together and they're familiar with the offense, doesn't that also mean that Ole Miss would have an advantage over Arkansas because Levy has experience working with Kendall Bryles. I mean, you see how kind of how stupid that that sounds. Um, I think that story is being way, way, way overblown. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, honestly. I mean, I'm sure they'll be able to help the other, but it's kind of it's kind of a wash. Um, and I haven't seen it in many places, but it is a story up in Arkansas that, well, Kendall Bryles, you know, he understands that offense, and so Arkansas really has an advantage here. Uh, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't spend too much time talking about that if I were in that state, because, like I just said, um, that would also mean Ole Miss has an advantage, and it would be a complete wash. Um, and that doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. Um, I think Barry Odom's a good coordinator. I think he'll have a good plan. But what what's unique about Ole Miss offensively, at least through three weeks and through my untrained eye, it looks to me like they don't run their offense every week. Here's what I mean by that. They run an offense that will beat their opponent every week. For three weeks now, you have seen something new to directly attack a weakness of their opponent. They're not, it's honestly very different than what you get from a Mike Leach, for example. Mike Leach is going to do what Mike Leach does. And that's it. It's his offense, and that's what they're going to run every week. And he's done it for years, and it's worked for a long time. Um, this is different. It, it seems to me like there's a new wrinkle added into the offense every week, depending on their opponent. So... Arkansas can look at the film from the last three weeks and prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare all day long, but they're going to see something new on Saturday they haven't seen before. That's what I've noticed in the first three weeks of the season for Ole Miss is you can prepare for them all day long, but they're going to give you looks you've never seen before. It's like they take what other teams have done to their opponent that have worked and they install that in their offense in game week. I mean, maybe I'm way oversimplifying that. I could be way off, but to in my eyes, that's kind of what they're doing. Is they're they're watching film of their opponents, looking what looking at what other teams did to them and implementing that in their offense in their own creative way. You can't just study Ole Miss in Florida and say, "Hey, they're going to do this 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 and this." Because what they did against Florida is not what they did against Kentucky, for the most part. They add wrinkles that better attack their opponent. And so this week might be different as well. Um, And maybe that's something a lot of teams do. I don't know. Again, I could be way off, but that's something that I've noticed. Is that they are attacking teams in ways that are form-fit to that team. And not just running their offense and hoping it works. That could be a way oversimplification, but I think you guys understand what I'm talking about. I think you've seen it. It's a very creative offense. And the last thing I would say about this game is it's a perfect opportunity for Ole Miss defensively to actually 
take a step forward. Because last week, <laughs> I mean, um, it was not fair to expect them to do that against Alabama. You know, I, I'm going to beat the drum maybe every episode of this podcast uh, about the, the talent deficiencies that they have. Alabama in that game on Saturday was never going to be a barometer of week-over-week improvement. This is a barometer for that. Because even though Arkansas's improved, and I think Franks is competent, and Rakeem Boyd is potentially back, and the backup's okay, this is an Arkansas team that is more on Ole Miss's talent level. No matter how great the scheme was, Ole Miss could have had the best plan in the history of football. And not a single player on that defense made a mistake, and they were still giving up points after points after points after points because they are that overmatched against a team like Alabama. Not the case this week with Arkansas. If you're looking to see that that unit improve some, this is the week to see that improvement. This is a huge game for them defensively, for confidence and everything else. We're going to learn Saturday if they are getting better week to week. We're going to find out. Kentucky played, uh, Kentucky's offense and their style plays right into Ole Miss's weaknesses. Arkansas is probably going to try to do the same. But like I keep saying, this is the worst offense personnel-wise that they have seen so far this year. If the defense is going to actually get stops, if they're going to be improved at all, if you're going to show that, this is the week to do it. And they have to do it this week. Uh, because if they give up 48 points or whatever and just let Arkansas run up and down the field on them, um, your expectations for wins this season need to go down even further. Um, if they can at least get a couple of stops against this Arkansas team. I'm bragging on Kendall Bryles. I think the system's good. The quarterback's okay. But this is by far the worst offense that they've seen this year. They have to show improvement. They have to get stops early, especially early, not wait till the second half like they did in Lexington. They've got to get stops early and give their offense a chance to breathe for a little while because expecting your offense to score every possession and win games that way, and it's not going to work like that. This is the week that they have to show improvement. And if they don't, if they get just run right through and it doesn't matter and they give up 48 points, then maybe we do need to start talking about scheme. This is the week for for their narrative to change a little bit. They have to improve. They really have to improve or else this will end up being a really long year. So that is uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Big week for Durkin in that defense. Uh, This one right here. That's it for me on this Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed that little look at uh, Arkansas. Got picks and everything like that coming up on Friday. We'll have, at some point on Saturday, a post-game reaction. It will not be immediately after the game, to tell you the truth, because it is uh, my son's birthday party. So uh, it will be at some point on Saturday, though. And, uh, yeah, so be be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a review. Uh, I Since I've been asking, a lot of you have done it, and uh, I really, really appreciate uh, the ratings that we've gotten. Don't forget to subscribe as well. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it'll auto-populate to your phone every single day as well. So, uh, again, thank you for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. And I will talk to you again on Friday. Oh.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.